welcome back to our study on the book of Proverbs. And we're in chapter 5, and I am going to begin reading in verse 9, and we're going to read through to verse 14. Now, as you know, this chapter is about the dangers of sin, especially the dangers of the sin of immorality and the sin of adultery, of breaking up a family that God has brought together. And so uh, let's begin reading. Verse 9. He says, well, let's start in, let's go ahead and start in verse seven so we have some context. Now then, my sons, listen to me and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house. Or you will give your vigor to others and your years to the cruel one. And strangers will be filled with your strength and your hard earned goods will go to the house of an alien. And you groan at your final end when your flesh and your body are consumed. And you say, how I have hated instruction and my heart spurned reproof. I have not listened to the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ear to my instructors. I was almost ruined, utterly ruined in the midst of the assembly and congregation. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help me to teach this text. Lord, the uh, the warning that is here about giving our lives to those things that are outside your will. The dangers of it, I pray that you would help me communicate that, Lord, to the young people. And I pray, dear God, that when they listen to this, they will hear your word. And then they'll not only be warned with regard to the dangers of sin, but also recognize the great privilege they have to give their life for something eternal and for someone who is absolutely, completely worthy, your son. Now, Father, please help me and help them. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, uh, for some context, let's just review verses seven and eight. Now then, my sons, remember, he's talking to his sons as a father. He's talking to the children that he loves. And if your parents love you, they're going to warn you about certain things. Now, you may take that wrong, but it's absolutely necessary. Now then, my sons, listen to me and do not depart from the words of my mouth. So it's both listen to what's being taught, but not only listen, obey. And not only should you obey, but persevere. You know, it's always easy, as we say here, uh, to begin. The difficult part is to continue and to finish. Then he goes in verse eight, keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house. So this is talking about the woman who would tempt a man into doing things that were not according to the will of God, and especially a woman who's trying to take the husband of another woman. But this has a a general application to many things. First of all, it's not just women who break up families, it's also men. And so, Young men need to be strong in the word so that they can resist temptation. But young women also need to be strong in the word to resist temptation. Also, you need to understand something that this what we see here 
uh, has to do with more than just immorality or adultery. It's any kind of sin. So look what it says. Let, let's replace um, the woman here with just sin in general. Verse eight, keep your way far from sin and do not go near the door of sin's house. You know, um, the wise man, as we're going to learn, sees evil coming and he gets off the road. A wise man does not tempt God by drawing closer and closer to sin so that he can be tempted. You and I need to put parameters around ourselves. It's very hard to fall into sin if you keep a wall between you and that temptation. Now, he says, what is the consequences now for not listening? Throughout verses one through um, eight, the father here, um, teaching his sons and daughters according to the word of God, teaching them the will of God, has warned them and warned them with regard to the dangers of sin. Also, he has instructed them to stay as far away from temptation as they can possibly get. Now, what happens or what are the consequences uh, when the father's voice is not uh, heeded? When children disregard the word of God and go their own way. He says in verse nine, you will give your vigor to others and your years to the cruel one. Now, let me put it this way. Your vigor and the best years of your life that should have been given to your wife and your children, and most importantly, should have been given in service to the Lord, will be lost to others who are not your people, they're not your family, probably not believers, and as we will see, they're not as kind as they pretended to be. They're cruel, they're merciless. Now he says, you will give your vigor to others. And I've written here, do not waste your, your full vigor, your youthful strength on licentiousness, promiscuity, or an undisciplined lifestyle. You know, this is something that, uh, that I understand probably better than you. Uh, I'm 61 now. And when I was young, I thought I would always be strong, be able to stay up all day, all night, work as long as I wanted to, play as long as I wanted to, that there was just seemed like an endless supply of energy and strength. But now, no matter how hard I try and no matter how much I discipline myself, I'm beginning to see a greater and greater weakness. Now, I do not regret at all having given my youthful strength to the Lord. Not at all. The only thing I regret is I didn't give him everything. I imagine there are so many people out there right now who regret that they gave all their strength to worldly pleasure. They gave all their youth to just fun and entertainment and foolishness, or maybe even sin and immorality. But I want to tell you something. As you grow closer and closer, as you go closer and closer to the grave, you do not regret any time that you gave to doing the will of God. Now, 
I, uh, I, want to, I want to kind of pause here for a minute and, and I want to kind of go off course a little bit because what's most important to me is not just teaching through the book of Proverbs. It's helping you. And I want to talk to you for just a minute about serving the Lord while you're young, in the days of your youth, while you're strong. This is because you're making a wise investment, but also if you're busy doing the will of God, it's less likely that you're going to be uh, using your time for things that, that just don't matter or things that are actually quite harmful. Now, there's a passage in Ecclesiastes 12.1, and you need to memorize this passage as a young person. It says, remember also your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. Now, what is he talking about? While you're young. Well, let me put it this way. Do you know what the word steward means? It means that you're like a a person who has been given certain things to guard and you're to make good use of them. Okay, so God has given you youth, strength, time, talent, a good mind. Maybe God has given you opportunities like uh, your family. Uh, they're Christians. They teach you the word. Maybe you go to a Christian school or you're homeschooled. You're able to go to church every Sunday and Wednesday. You're able to learn the word of God. God's given you all these privileges. But there are also responsibilities. How will you respond to them? You know, I, uh, I've, I've been in many places around the world where there are Christians in jungles, in, in persecuted areas, where they do not have any of the privileges or gifts that you have as a Christian here. They don't have the books. They don't have the instructions. Some of them are young people all alone and there's no other Christian in their village. But you've been given many things and it's required that you be a good steward of that. And also of, of your body, your time, your strength. Time. There's one. Once it's lost, you can't get it back. But you and I will be responsible for every second that the Lord has given us. Now, it says, remember also your creator. Remember what's most important. And what is most important? God and your relationship with him. There is nothing more important on this planet than that. Young person, listen to me. I'm open. <laughs> I'm all ears. Prove to me that there's one thing more important than the God who made you. And most importantly, the God who redeemed you. Remember your creator in the days of your youth when you're strong. When you have all these opportunities before you, remember him. Do not forget him. It's amazing how many times throughout scripture we are admonished or commanded to remember, remember, remember. Why? Because if you live in this world, there are so many distractions. Distractions are everywhere. It's like the devil just putting things in front of your face to either blind you or cause a smoke screen or to attract you. But don't be distracted. 
There's only one thing that is truly important, and that is that you know God, you know his will, and you serve him. So remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. He's talking about old age. You say, well, I'm not worried about that. I'm nine years old or 10 years old or 15 years old. It seems like yesterday I was nine years old. You need to think about it. Because you see, what do you think? You think that you're going to live for the world? You're going to neglect your relationship with God and then towards the end, you're going to jump on the wagon? More than likely, that's not going to happen. Because the more you neglect God, the harder your heart is going to become until you become so distracted that no matter what anyone says to you, you're not coming back to the path. So while you're young, study the word, learn the will of God, learn the attributes of God and give yourself another thing to him. Another thing that is very, very important is this. The more you neglect the word of God as a young person, the greater the chance that as you go through life, each day is going to become more evil and more evil and more evil. That gradually, progressively, instead of becoming more and more consumed with the things of God, you're going to become more and more consumed with the world until it has you. And then, Towards the end of your life, you'll have no delight in them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm old enough uh, to be able to see things um, that, that doesn't matter how smart you are, you can't see them when you're young. Um, I can look back now, 40 years ago, and, and there were young people, you know, who were famous and great athletes or great actors or great singers or they were known for their beauty or known for how handsome they are. And they had the world. They were millionaires and they were famous and everybody loved them and most people would think I would give anything to be like them. Well now 40 years have passed and some of them are dead and others of them are old and all their glory is gone. Their strength is gone. No one knows their name. You see, the world may promise you many, many things. But even if it fulfills those promises, it can only fulfill those promises for a while. And then what happens? Everything falls apart. You're left with nothing. But those who serve the Lord, you see, it's different. We go from glory to glory. And then when we're old, we draw our last breath. Guess what? Our life begins. Our glory is revealed. Which will you choose? Now, there's a, a man that's uh, he's well known. And if you can read any biography on him, his name is Jim Elliott. And he was uh, one of the young men who went to, to Ecuador and they ended up dying as martyrs. And their goal was to take the gospel to a very, very dangerous tribe. And he said something, and uh, this is what he said. This may not be exact, but he is no fool who gives the things he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose. Well, let's, let's look at the opposite of that. 
He is a fool that gives his life for what he is most certainly, eventually going to lose. But to give your life for Christ, huh? Even, I mean, think everything you do, if you give your life to Christ and you're serving him, everything you do matters. Do you see that? Even if you just give a cup of cold water to a disciple because they are a disciple, you will not lose your reward in heaven. You know, I see all these people running around trying to get more money, more fame, more glory, more fun. If we really believed God, we believed Christ in his word, we'd be running around trying to get more glory for him and more reward for ourselves. And that's not necessarily bad because Jesus said, you know, don't labor for the things that are here today and gone tomorrow. Put your treasure in heaven. Now, I want us to look at a few passages from from the life of our Lord. And we're just going to look at them quickly, but I think they're so important. First of all, turn in your Bibles to John. And. Chapter. Chapter four, verse 34. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. So the disciples had gone off to get some food and bring it back. Jesus was talking to a Samaritan woman who was basically rejected by her own people. And he's reaching out to her. He's telling her about salvation. Her life has changed. And, and when they come back, they said, did no one bring him anything to eat? And Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish this work. There is nothing that will fill you, young person in this world, like doing the will of God and serving him. Because it's food that will last forever. And the more you eat of it, the more you want it. And the more you eat of it, the more satisfied you are in it. Oh, to do the will, to be able to look back on your life and know that no matter your weakness, no matter your failures, still over all those years, you attempted to serve the Lord. What a great joy to uh, to lay on the bed where you will die, knowing that that's what you did. Now, let's look at another passage. Chapter six. Verse 27, Jesus says, do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you for on him. The father God has set his seal. Now, we don't get to heaven by by doing works. We get to heaven by trusting in Christ. And I'm saved. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven, not because of anything I did, but because of what Jesus did for me. And I trust in him. I rely on him. Yet at the same time, I want you to see something that is so very important. Don't work for food which perishes. Don't work just to gain things in this world. I mean, it's so foolish. Work for things that are eternal. And that will last forever. 
Would you work your entire life for a million dollars only to lose it the day after you get it? That doesn't make very much sense, does it? But to work all your life for a reward that is eternal and to glorify a king who is incorruptible. Now that makes sense. He goes on. I want us to go to uh, John 9. Four. And this is Jesus is referring to the cross that's coming up. But it also has an application to our own lives. He said, we must work the works of him who sent me. As long as it is day, night is coming when no man can work. Um, do you have opportunity to serve the Lord now? Well, don't neglect it. Because a day will come when maybe your life is taken. Or a day will come when opportunities no longer make it possible or our circumstances make it impossible for you to serve him. Let's say that you're struck with an illness. You lose your strength. You grow old. And then you sit there with no strength. An elderly person. And you go, oh, I wish I hadn't wasted all those opportunities to serve the Lord. Or maybe persecution comes. And we're, we're confined to a labor camp. Or we're thrown in jail. No longer the opportunity to serve him outside. As we had before. You see, you need to be constantly aware that if there is an opportunity, it doesn't mean it's going to last forever. And so you need to serve the Lord now. Serve him now. Uh, one last verse that I, I want to look at that is, is so very important. And if you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And let's look at verse 12. Paul is talking about the ministry here, but it has application to even those who are not necessarily in the ministry. It has an application for all of us. Now, again, I want to remind you, we are saved not by the works that we do. We're saved by trusting in Christ. But there is a judgment coming even for the believer who is saved. With regard to how did we invest our life? What did we do with the privileges that were given to us? And he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let's start in verse 11. No man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the foundation of the Christian faith, but he's the foundation of our salvation. He's everything. You see, if we're saved, we're saved because we trust in him. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. It is not of works. It is all of grace. It is by faith. But now he goes on and he says, Now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's works. There's coming a day when you and I will stand before Christ. The things that we have done uh, that were outside of God's will, the things that we have done for wrong motivation, maybe for, for pride or vain glory, all those things will be tested. All our works and those that fail the test, that is, they're outside the will of God, what does it say? 
Verse 14, if any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet so as through fire. Um, before I was born, my mom told me about a fire that was in our house. And um, my, my family had many things. My father had many things from his uh, from his youth, many things from serving in World War II, many momentum, just all sorts of things that they had gathered, everything they owned. And they awoke to, to realize that their house was on fire and they ran out and everything they had was burned out, was burned up. Now they were saved, they were saved, but they were saved like someone escaping from a house that was on fire. And everything they had worked for was gone. I want you to think about that. You know, I have a dear friend, and now he's very, very old. And um, if you mention his name in many, many places in Romania, people will say, oh, we bless God for that man. We so bless God for that man. Now, who is that man? Well, his name is Adrian Jones. Is he a uh, famous, is he a missionary? No. Is he a preacher? No. Well, why are so many Christians um, so indebted to him? Well, he, he owned a used car lot in Western Kentucky. But he prayed for the people of Romania. He visited the people in Romania. He gave much of his profit to the churches in Romania. He encouraged other people to pray and give for Romania. He, was, he owned a small car lot in Western Kentucky, but his fame, well, it's astounding because of everything he did with what the Lord gave him. And I imagine if his fame in Romania is great for his service to the Lord and his service to the Romanian people, what's his eternal fame going to be like when he steps over into glory? Do you see that? So we're not just talking about preachers. We're not just talking about missionaries. We're talking about everyone who's truly a Christian. Now, I know we've got this passage in Proverbs and we're talking about, you know, immorality and sin, but there are other things that are also very damaging and that's just living for yourself and not living for that which is eternal. So you're gonna do all this work and then one day just give it to everyone else when you die? Because there's no U-Haul trailer taking things to heaven. No, no, young person, listen to me. Ecclesiastes 12.1, remember also your creator in the days of your youth and follow examples like Jim Elliot. He is no fool to give the things he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose. I hope this has been helpful to you. We'll return to our Proverbs passage in the next, uh, in the next session, but I thought this was extremely important. God bless you.